Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I'm your host, Heather, and if you're still wondering about what this show is all about, basically, it's about the shit shows of life. And we don't just talk about rainbows and sunshine. This isn't like a highlight reel like Instagram, but we actually talk about battles and the struggles of what everybody's going through. So if you're wondering if you are somebody that could benefit from listening to this show, basically, if you breathe oxygen, this is the show for you. Because I don't know anybody that hasn't gone through some stuff, especially in 2020. Like, we've gone through some shit. And if you follow me on Instagram, at injector underscore Heather, I I make sure that I try to keep it as real as possible with you guys. Because in all honesty, I work as an aesthetic nurse practitioner. But... I swear when I talk about real stuff like that, I get more engagement from you guys. And I think it's because we're craving people that are just real with themselves. So on on that note, you know, I think it was Monday. I woke up and I was just in a funk and I'm really big on normalizing like mental health issues because I'm somebody that struggles with it. I have at least one breakdown a month. I have depression. Sometimes it happens. I've got anxiety that happens all the time. And so I know there's other people out there that that struggle with it as well so I just before we get into anything else just want to put that message out there again and I'm not going to stop putting it out there you'll hear me talk about it over and over again that it's okay to not be okay sometimes that's what this show is about just make sure that if you go into a dark hole you don't stay in that dark hole too long and don't go into the dark hole by yourself so now on to the other stuff we are on an Enneagram series Because I feel like Enneagram can be beneficial for everybody. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, it is a personality test that teaches you how you respond, how you react, and how you think. And it has helped me tremendously, not just to better understand me, but also how to better understand other people in my life. And in turn, that has helped with relationships. And if you know me, from listening to this show, one thing that I truly suck at is relationships. If you ever come to me for advice, I'm probably going to give you advice that I don't recommend that you take. It might sound good, but you probably shouldn't take it because I'm currently not in a relationship. One day, maybe. (laughs) But uh, until then, I'm going to continue giving shitty advice for relationships. Uh, But anyway, so with the Enneagram, I've dedicated an episode for each type. There's nine types. We did type one, two, and three. Three had a bonus episode because I'm a type three. And I feel like because I'm a type three, all of my friends are type threes. And there were some really interesting people that got to share their experiences on the show um, with being a type three and just also just talking about their life. And I thought that was really cool. So because all my friends are type threes, I don't really know that many people that are type fours or type fives. We do have some people coming up that are, you know, sixes and sevens. But because of that, I will be teaching you about type four today. And I'm not the most qualified person to do that. So enjoy. So, oh, and before we get into that, going back to dating and how I suck at it. So I was having a conversation with friends about dating after divorce. And we were talking about when the appropriate time is to start dating again. And nobody had Nobody had the same answer. Everybody's answers were differently. So that 
kind of made me more curious. So I asked you guys on Instagram, if you follow my stories, I try to make it interactive with you guys, but I asked y'all that question among some other questions about dating and divorce and all that good stuff. So I just want to share that and then see if, if you guys can relate to it. So first question was how long did you wait after your divorce until you started dating again? And I'm going to share some of the answers. One moment. Technology. Okay. So, um, and also just, there's a lot of thirsty guys on my Instagram. So I'm going to read some of those too, because I just think they're kind of funny. So how long did you wait? Somebody said, depends on when our wedding is. Somebody's <laughs> one moment. I need to collect myself. So this is a different question. This was who got remarried? How old were you at your second wedding? So that's why the answer was depends on when our wedding wedding date is. This was a thirst trap guy. And unfortunately, it's not going to work out for that guy. So we're just going to move on to a different one. But the other answers were anywhere from like 30 to 40. And I think I asked that because I was like, in that mood of maybe I'm never going to get married again. I don't want to be 50 and beyond and getting married, which is rude because some of you guys are and you look 50 and fabulous. So I don't know what the problem is, but you know, you have those moods. So anyway, how long did people wait? Six months, four months, three years, um, a year, four years, a month, and then somebody said they remarried like six months later. Um, some people are saying, I'm so ready. I'm not even divorced yet. I understand that. Um, three weeks. And then I swear there's one in here. It was really savage. But somebody said she just waited the 60 days that you have to wait. And then she just went on Hofe's spree where she like slept with all of her ex-husband's friends, which I thought was savage. But I also giggled at it because, you know. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do if that is what you do, which is not what I did, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Uh, personally, I did not wait until the divorce. I started dating like, but I don't know, like probably the next day after we separated, like I told him to leave and then I had somebody in the back burner and I ended up like getting in this relationship with him and a, he proposed eight months later it was a nightmare. I remember going and trying on dresses at a bridal shop and being like, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't want to be here. And then we went to one of those stupid venues where they tell you that it's like 10 fucking thousand dollars for a wedding. So I don't know if you can tell from this conversation, like I'm still bitter about, I don't know, marriage. So I think the answer to that question is whenever you feel ready. And then there were some other questions, but those aren't important. I just really wanted to find out how long you guys waited. And um, the answer seems to be whenever. So moving on, if you can't tell, I don't have a guest today. It's just me. So you're welcome. So moving on and talking about type fours. So the type four Enneagram is also known as the individualist, aka the person that has a lot of feelings. They are thriving on their authenticity. They, in a nutshell, are constantly looking for the best version of things. And because of that, they're always thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. So that makes relationships kind of hard for fours. 
Um, they usually hear from other people that they're too much or too complicated from the people that are around them. And they can't really seem to be satisfied. Like they're always longing for the better thing, which can make them kind of an emotional wreck. They tend to go into the deep end very easily and it can take something so small as just like the wrong kind of look or a word and that can trigger them into being an emotional basket case, which is probably why I don't have that many friends that are a number four because what you get is what you get with me. So with type fours, there is a stress number and then there is a security number, not just with type fours, with all of the numbers. So with type fours, if they're stressed, they go to Enneagram type two. And when they go to Enneagram type two, that allows them to focus not just on themselves, but to focus on other people. The downside is that causes them to have like way more feels. So they're already an emotional basket case. If they go to a type two, they become even more of a basket case, basically. And then when they're secure, they move towards the number one, which if you've been keeping up with the show... I really feel like every guy that I've dated before has been a type one, which I've learned <laughs> don't take, don't take, don't date the type one because for them, nothing is ever good enough. It, they are the perfectionist. And if you know me, I'm not that. It's just kind of like, again, what you see is what you get, but we're not talking about me. Sorry. That's a very type three thing of me to try to do is talk about myself. So let's go back to the fours. So whenever they are feeling secure, they turn towards more of a type one, which that just allows them to focus on getting stuff done and getting stuff done the right way. So moving on, because I like to tie this into relationships, I want to talk about how fours relate to others. And so if you are a different number and maybe you're in a relationship with somebody that's a four or maybe you have a friend that's a four, this is something that you should listen to because it will help you understand kind of like your compatibility. Like that's why I like this because I really get into the astrology stuff. I'm not super duper into it, super duper, but it's, I don't know, it's just fun. So fours and ones, ones often struggle with repressed emotions. So fours teach ones to connect to their feelings as opposed to being trapped in right, wrong thinking. Ones can help fours identify when their feelings transition from authentic to self-indulgent. Interesting. And if it sounds like I'm reading off of a script, I am. Don't judge me because I can't remember all these things. I'm not an actress. Um, fours and twos. Twos pursue and fours flee. So that can cause dysfunction in relationships. So be careful. Hmm. Interesting. Um, fours and threes. So fours have as many mood swings in an hour as they do in a week and are attentive to all of them, but threes suspend feelings. That's a lot to work through, says my book. And yet it would be healthy for both to meet in the middle. So it kind of sounds, again, it sounds like fours are basket cases, which I love all of you guys, but 
just know what, like when me and you hang out, it's going to be interesting. We have a lot to work through with all of your emotions that you have. Um, fours and fours. This should be good. Fours are a gift to one another. And yet there are potential problems. The fear of abandonment can be very difficult to manage, but it can also be shared and they can appreciate that in each other. So apparently there's a fear of abandonment in fours, um, fours and fives, fives need space. Fours need intimacy that will have to be worked out in a friendship and other significant relationships. Both do well with honest exchanges. See, I've talked about fives on every episode. Every time I read about a five and even on my Instagram, when I asked you guys, if you were a five, I think it was like 7%. There's just something about fives. I'm probably not going to have a five guest next week. Cause I just don't, I just don't think me and fives would get along. Like they want space. Whereas I'm a spider monkey and I know I'm talking about myself again, but I just wanted to put that out there. I'm a spider monkey. And I'm kind of needy. So if you're a prospect guy listening and you're like, she sounds pretty cool. Remember, I'm a spider monkey. So on to the next thing. Fours and sixes. Fours and sixes both feel misunderstood in the culture, which can be good as long as they can avoid feeling misunderstood by another. It can be comforting for fours to know that their loyal six friends will stick with them even through their fluctuating emotions. I can vouch for that. Sixes are the people that you just like, they're just there for you. They have your back. Um, fours and sevens are opposites on the Enneagram. That has the potential to be good or extremely complicated depending on the appreciation they each have for the half range of emotion they ignore. That was hard to say. Sevens can learn from fours that many good things happen in the darker side of emotion and fours can learn from sevens to welcome and appreciate joy fours and eights have very different views of the world and their place in it but if the eight can be emotionally vulnerable which they can't i'm sorry and the four can avoid being dramatic which they can't just going to say that these two can build an interesting relationship. It requires honest communication, something that's true of all good relationships. I guess that is true. Um, fours and nines. This, this is the last one. Thanks for bearing with me. The good news for fours is that nines stay. That is very comforting to fours who are often concerned about abandonment, but there are some problems. Neither is good at taking responsibility for choices and personal behavior. Both have unexpected uh, or unspoken expectations and both avoid doing, which can be tricky in a relationship. So basically fours, I'm, I'm sorry, Fours struggle. They always want something better. They don't want to be abandoned. They are the please leave, but don't leave me person is what it sounds like. So, you know, if you're an unhealthy four, that's something that you probably should work on in trying to wake up and try to figure out how to be happy with just yourself and stop trying to create this fantasy world of what things should be. So if, and this is, this is the end in conclusion for fours, but basically if you're a four, what you should do to try to be your best self is to surround yourself with things that inspire you because fours are creative. Um, you can bear witness to pain 
without having to fix it. You can learn to seek normalcy inside expectations. You can create your own image and express yourself, even though not everybody's going to approve or understand, and that's okay. Some things that you just can't do and things that you just have to be okay with not being able to do. You can't live an exceptional life based on fantasy. You can't have lots of people who can accommodate your emotional volatility. Did I say that right? Okay, good. And you can't have more than one or two people who are able to give back in equal measure that you're willing to put into a relationship. So these are some things that you need to accept. Sorry in advance. You should accept that people might actually understand you and like you, and it could be that you are lovable and that you are enough. Um, You should accept that life is ordinary, and that's okay. I don't know if I agree with that one. I think you can make life extraordinary, but I think that fours need to think that way because otherwise there's no, I don't know. I think that maybe fours have just another idea of extraordinary that doesn't exist. Um, but I'm a three, so I'm a dreamer just saying again, uh, also fours need to accept that there's no such thing as the perfect relationship. Perfection lies in your ability to accept what is and make it into something better. They should also accept that most people don't value authenticity in the same ways that you do. And you're going to have a few deep and significant friendships rather than lots of shallow social relationships. So I think that that's helpful for all of my four friends um, to live by. I think that other people just need to take more time to understand you. And on that, if you are in a relationship with a four To end this, here are some things that you should do with your four significant other friend that will just help them to be the best version of themselves and it'll help you in the relationship with them. So number one, don't be afraid to tell fours when you feel pressure to be more than you can be or to handle more than your part. Fours need to be both unique and authentic, so that will require some compromise at times. If you can be honest about how their style affects your life, the differences can be managed. Fours long for what they don't have, and they are comfortable with longing. It's not something for you to fix. It is very important that you tell fours how their mood changes affect you, because again, they're basket cases of emotional needs and changes. Don't tell fours to cheer up. Honestly, don't tell anybody to cheer up. That sounds like if if a guy tries to tell a girl to relax, if that's ever worked for y'all, let me know. But usually that's like fighting words. Um, don't tell fours to cheer up. They're usually neither sad nor depressed. Fours are comfortable with melancholy, but remember it's okay for you to be lighthearted. Um, if you can learn to model balance and stay present when they are caught in a cycle of moodiness, it will be a tremendous gift. So essentially, whenever they are an emotional basket case, just be the calm in the emotional basket case tsunami. Fours don't like accusations, which I don't know anybody that does. Don't accuse them of being too sensitive or overreacting. And again, 
Guys, I feel like this is for everybody. If somebody is being sensitive, just ignore it. Don't tell them they're being too sensitive or they're overreacting. Um, Fours feel like they aren't good enough or aren't liked and they need you to acknowledge their feelings. Affirm that the feeling is valid for them without affirming the premise it is based on. Remind them that you see them as someone more competent, valuable, and lovable than they're seeing themselves in the moment. Basically, feed me, tell me I'm pretty, buy me tacos. This is easy stuff, I think. This this is general. Um, In the workplace, set clear expectations, trust them to do their own work. And last but not least, don't take the pull push dynamic personally. Allow them room to process their feelings. So on that, this was a short episode because I don't have very many fours in my life. So I just want to give you guys an in a nutshell view of Enneagram type fours because I know that they're out there. I have some close ones in my life who I love dearly. I just don't have that many because again, I'm a three and we shape shift where we try to be authentic, but we also try to conform to other people because we need attention constantly. And that's why I'm talking about myself again. So on that note, I'm just going to end this show while we're ahead. So if you will, please go to iTunes and make sure you subscribe to Sex, Love, and Injectables and also leave a review to help this show move up into the rankings. I truly appreciate it. If you're not following my Instagram, please make sure you do because I try to keep it super interactive. I try to keep it real. And again, we talk about the struggles, which I know we're all feeling right now in 2020. So... I look forward to talking with you guys again next week on Sex, Love, and Injectables.